Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Today's guest, Andrew Hill, is the co-founder and CEO of BurnBright, a micro-learning platform for changemakers and nonprofit leaders. He'll also share insights about his superpower, connecting with people to explain complex concepts. Andrew, thanks for joining me today. It's a great to have you. That's great being here with you, Devin. We're thrilled to have you and appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. Uh, in fact, you're, uh, you've just launched uh, and have been in the process of launching BurnBright TV. Tell everybody about what that is. So BurnBright TV is a subscriber-supported video platform for micro-learning content that focuses on leadership and management, professional development. But specifically, we're really gearing that content to people who work in nonprofits and also small and growing businesses. Our thinking is that there is a lot of content out there for people to learn uh, great management skills. And I would say we, we really do focus a little bit more on soft skills, although uh, not we don't just do soft skills. But there's a lot of content out there on these things. But our our read on the competitive environment is that there's a lot that focuses more on, I would say, corporate learners. So people who I think have the resources of the corporate world behind them, or maybe are coming from a background where they have a little bit more formal education in management. Uh, but in nonprofits and small businesses, you've got a lot of people who have tons of passion and commitment. They're really working to enact positive change in the world. And we want to provide them with an outstanding resource that will help them really achieve their objectives and their goals. So that, that's the first part of it. But the second part, which I'm just as excited about and that you're familiar with, is that Burnbright TV is for not just us to share what we know, because really what we know is, is very little in the grand scheme of, of what there is to know, but to provide a platform for really impactful and empowering voices like yours, Devin, um, so that what we provide to our subscribers is a growing library of content from a variety of content partners who uh, can use Burnbright TV to reach new audiences and share their insights with, with our audience. Um, and we want to succeed essentially with our content partners um, because, you know, I think when, when they reach new audiences, you know, that, that, that helps our subscribers and, we want them to benefit also from our success and have kind of a virtuous cycle. So we do share in the economics with our content partners, but more even than that is, is just the fact that all there is to know, I mean, nobody knows everything there is to know about these subjects, right? I mean, and not only that, but I think these are continually evolving areas because they're so social. I mean, if you think about just, let's say on the topic like diversity, what were best practices 25 years ago in the area of diversity management? They're profoundly different today. You know, it's constantly changing. It's not static. It, it depends a lot on the social context and culture of the, of the time and the place. Um, so we were very committed to growing Burnbright TV with our content partners as well. It is an honor for me to be included, and uh, I am grateful. So thank you very much for including a couple of my courses already. I hope I'll have an opportunity to produce more for you, but uh, uh, my course on optimism and the other one on uh, 
Bridging Vision to Action, I guess will be on board by the time we yeah, air this, uh, yep. this interview. So, so thank you very, very much for including me. Um, as you tell us, take a step back and tell us how you uh, and your team came up with the vision uh, for, for Burn Bright TV. Where did this sort of idea come from? Well, that's a great question. I, I think um, we kind of evolved to this this concept from some early work we did. Uh, my partner, Matt Gerritsen, and I, I, I first got to know Matt working as uh, a guest instructor for a nonprofit that Matt had created with some of his friends. Uh, this nonprofit was called Amaris, and Amaris focused on providing leadership training to leaders of nonprofits that were operating in the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Specifically, Matt's got some close ties to the Dominican Republic. And um, through his relationships there, he got the sense that while there was a ton of commitment from the staff of these nonprofits to enacting positive change, many of them felt kind of unsupported in their leadership and management training. Uh, so if, if you think about what like the corporate world brings to the table in this area, a lot of nonprofits, they just can't provide similar resources to their staffs. Um, I think it's a combination of factors. It's partly time and just partly money, right? I mean, it's it's hard to spend donor dollars on something like that, right? Because it's not going directly to operations for the nonprofit. And so Matt wanted to create this organization that um, would fill that gap. And so he invited me. I, at that time, I was working uh, as a professor at the United States Army War College, which is um, one of several senior service co service colleges uh, in the United States. These are institutions that are dedicated to providing executive education for senior national security professionals, so senior military officers and other also civilians associated with national security. And I, I've been there for some time. Um, Matt and I got connected through a mutual acquaintance and so I went down to the Dominican Republic a couple of times with their programs taught. And Matt is actually just one of the nicest, uh, kindest, and and also, I think, sharpest people you'll you'll ever meet. I mean, he's just so impressive. And uh, it was an honor. Yes, yeah, it was an yeah. honor to be a part of that program. But he wanted to do more, you know, and, and he was looking for ways to scale, you know, this resource um, but ultimately, you know, you, you just can't do that with in-person programs like the one we were running, right? We were pulling people away from their their work for a couple of days, kind of like an executive retreat, providing them with in-person classes, which is great, but but it's really just very hard to scale that. You know, it, certainly the economics are, are challenging with that. Uh, so that got us started on this path of trying to create something that that would work for uh, this target audience. So, you know, what goes into that? It's it's content that's geared to them, uh, that that's at the right levels also, because I, I don't want to say level, because what we provide, we want to feel like it meets the needs of people at various stages of their careers and, and levels of expertise um, at a price point that, that works for them. We, we thought about actually making it a nonprofit, but uh, for reasons that really had to do most of all with the content partners, um, we decided that we wanted to make it a for-profit because it, it allowed us to create a, an economic arrangement where we all could 
have some, you know, clear reasons for wanting to contribute benefits. Obviously, I mean, as you know, you know, the work that experts do on this material is is certainly hard to price. It's very valuable, but uh, we, we wanted to be able to provide some benefits to our partners. And and so we we went with this path of um, creating a, a for-profit entity, which is called Burnbright. Um, and Burnbright TV, as you mentioned, is, is this uh, platform that we've created to host these micro-learning lessons. And that's the other thing about it is, um, you know, we wanted to create something that really fit into people's lives. Uh, it's great to be able to, to do, for example, like a distance education course. Um, but oftentimes I think there are significant barriers to entry associated with enrolling in, say, a, a, a course that's offered by a university because they're just very involved and they take a kind of significant commitment over time. And what we were envisioning was something that would help people, whether they had five minutes to spend on it uh, one day a week or you know, 15 minutes a day, that they would be able to engage with it productively in these short intervals, micro-learning. I mean, in my mind, it's, it's when you're getting your coffee in the morning and you're sitting there and you're watching something on your phone. I mean, how often are we watching something completely just pointless and why not substitute that for something that has a little bit more of a point, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, pointlessness is useful in life, right? It's nice to be entertained sometimes, but um, we wanted to create this micro learning approach that would fit into people's lives. And then the final piece, which I, I didn't mention, but I'm very excited about, because uh, we're launching it in just the next few weeks. The second part of it really that I think is very unique for us is our digital mentor platform. And this is some technology that we developed actually early in our history through some consulting engagements where we created an app that allowed us to do what are basically rich data surveys. So, so when you ask someone a question in a typical survey, usually you have to provide them with like canned responses that they can select or potentially like a free text response. And those are okay, but but there's actually nothing like letting someone just talk, right? About so, so for example, we, we were working with one company and we were trying to understand uh, the culture of the organization. And so what we did was we created a survey where people responded by recording a response, an audio response to a question. The question was, tell me about a time your team succeeded. And then the next question was, why do you think your team succeeded in that situation? Because it's through stories that we can often see things about the culture of an organization. And so... Uh, Digital Mentor em emerged from this idea of using uh, these rich surveys, but now as an as a like a assessment probably sounds too uh, too um, maybe threatening to people. I I don't want them to think they're being assessed. But what we want to provide with what we want to provide to our subscribers on Burnbright TV is a way for them to get very customized recommendations, right? So that they participate in this digital mentor program on a weekly basis. The responses that, that they're giving um, change because the prompts change every week. And it's more like a workout. I think maybe that, that might be the better way to think about it. It's a way of kind of working out some of your soft skills. So for example, one prompt might be one week, a little story about an employee who's new to the organization and is really frustrated that, um, her opinion doesn't seem to count more in, in meetings with the team leader, right? And so you're asked, like, how would you counsel this person? You know, so, so you have a little mini case 
And then you're asked to provide your sort of response to that situation. Um, this is, you know, case-based learning is an approach that's very rooted in business schools. And I think there's real power to it. And But what we're trying to do is make it a little bit smaller, a little bit more accessible, and then connect it to Burn Bright TV so that people get this practice assessment experience and then some rec tailored recommendations on the platform. And as, as far as I know, that's unique. I mean, that that cycle of of assess, recommend, practice, you know, with with the video learning as a part of it, as a part of it, I think is is powerful. Well, it clearly it clearly is powerful, uh, and I'm excited to see where it will develop from here. Uh, so, uh, Andrew, give us a sense of the scale. You, you you've uh, been working on this for a while now, still early days. Give us a sense of uh, how things are going. Right. So, Burnbright, we have three full time employees. I'm I'm part of that equation, and uh, Matt is involved as the co-founder. I think uh, he's been an awesome resource on a part-time basis. Um, he's busy with some other things as well. And then we've got about 10 content partners so far signed up. Um, and we're really wanting to grow aggressively there. And we have some part-time marketing support as well. And right now I would say where we are in the kind of startup equation is we're really in the marketing phase now. You know, we've built it. Um, and unfortunately, unlike Field of Dreams, where, you know, if you build it, they will come, that doesn't really work, um, at least not right, on the internet. Right. <laughs> you know, so so, uh, so we do need to market and, and we're, we're investing quite heavily in marketing right now. And so we're, we're trying to grow the platform. Um, we've got about, I think, 350 subscribers currently. Um, and we really want to expand that. I mean you know, ideally by several orders of magnitude, right? Uh, if you ask me where I want to be, you know, six months from now, I would love to to be north of 5,000 subscribers. I mean, I think the nice thing about technology, right, is that you can scale rapidly um, without significantly increasing your your cost base, which is nice, you know. Um, but, but we've really now, I mean, I think it's... Uh, kind of put up or shut up time for us, you know, in terms of growing that subscriber base. So we're excited about it. I mean, as it's been about a, a year and a half that we've been, I think, building towards this particular model. It wasn't until last spring that we really, I think, settled on, on the model that we have now. Um, like many organizations early on, we had an idea about how we wanted to make this work. And um, based on the responses of of our early users and partners, we've we've modified it um, significantly. So it was last spring that we really started to uh, build our current model, and uh, and now we're we're trying to just grow right now. I mean, that's our our focus is on just growing our user base and growing our content partner base as well. And there's some interesting things like like. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the one of the great things I think about working with you is that, you know, you're so used to producing content this way. So um, and you've got some awesome experience helping others produce digital content. There are a lot of people out there who have tons of expertise, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to translate that ex that expertise into content that, you know, is easily consumed. And 
Uh, one of the things I'm really excited about working on with you going forward is, you know, getting more people involved, right? Lowering those barriers to entry for people yeah. because um, I think you know not everybody is is as comfortable as you are with 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 the medium, right? So that's I think a, an opportunity and and a challenge. Well, I think it's a it is a great opportunity for you, and I'm excited to see if I can't be of some help to you along that path, Andrew. You've really created something that is special, and I think it has a high potential to impact a lot of people. As you think about even with the the base you've got of 350 people, all of them being nonprofit leaders or impact leaders of one sort or another, who are out there doing good, being empowered, enabled by you to do a little bit better job. They're touching lives, improving the environment. They're doing all the good things that nonprofit leaders do better because of you. Uh, as you think about uh, what's brought you to this point, uh, what do you what do you think of as your superpower? Well, that's a great question. So, I hate talking about myself. <laughs> so that's so that is not my superpower is not talking about myself. I'll tell you that, that but. Um, you, you just in fairness, I did know that this question was coming. And so Devin did not surprise me with this, <laughs> with this question, but, um, <clears throat> I would say that I do have some, some skills that, that are useful. And, and one of them is, uh, I have the ability, I think, to kind of connect things in ways that, that make them easier for other people to understand, um, to be able to take, say, a, a story in this area and use that story to illustrate maybe a more complex or nuanced concept in another area. I, I think I'm actually a pretty good teacher. You know, I, I enjoy teaching and I produce some of the content that we have on Burn Bright TV. Um, I, I know from personal experience that not everybody loves the way that I teach. You know, I've, I've had student evaluations. They're usually positive, but they're not always positive. Right. And um, so that's always nice to uh, go through those evaluations and and try to learn and improve as as an instructor. But I think my my mind uh, is I just have a very curious mind, and I'm interested in a wide variety of of things. And so I'm constantly developing these connections um, that that I think help uh, maybe reveal complexity and help us understand the world a little bit more as it as it is. I think as human beings, we like to simplify the world a lot. You know, we we want the world to be uh, one way. Usually, uh, we want the world to be arranged according to the the stories that are either most comforting to us or or maybe most um, important to us. And you see that a lot in politics today in this country, where I think there are these conflicting narratives, right? On on the left and on the right, the left and the right have narratives that, that, that I think in general are often highly simplistic and the world is complicated, right? It's actually possible just as an example, it's possible to love your country and want to improve your country, right? <laughs> but, but you, you know, if you pay attention to political discourse, you would think that those are actually mutually exclusive concepts, right? That, that to acknowledge your country's wrongs, is to hate your country. And that's dumb in my, in my opinion. So, um, I think the world is complex and, you know, emotions are complex. You can, you can feel 
happiness and sadness at the same time, right? So um, I think I do have a superpower in the sense of of really uh, wanting to see the world as it is and then explore that with other people and help other people understand understand the world as it is in a way that is useful to them, that empowers them, that helps them achieve their goals. There's so much out there, especially in leadership literature, that I think puts this artificial simplicity on the world, right? I mean, there's so many business books out there that will tell you, hey, if, if you want to succeed, you know, um, do this or do that. I, an example that springs to mind just because I was talking about it recently is uh, Jim Collins' famous book, Good to Great, where he talks about the hedgehog concept. And, you know, if you want to succeed, you got to be a hedgehog. You can't be a fox. You got to do one thing really well. I mean, I'm not sure I agree, right? I think the world is complicated. And sometimes you're in a competitive environment where doing one thing really well is exactly what you need to do. But sometimes there are environments where I think successful organizations are the ones that are very agile because they have the ability to do many things. And so they can kind of explore and adapt and develop. And then and then at the right time, they become the hedgehog, right? So it's it's kind of a transition from fox to hedgehog that happens, right? The world, I mean, so... You know, I, I think it's comforting, certainly, to have a set of rules that someone says, hey, if you do this, uh, this is what's going to happen. That That's very comforting. But unfortunately, I think it's actually also usually false. That's just not, I think, how the world yeah, works. You know, it's, yeah. One of the great things that your analogies uh, or the, you know, your references to others' analogies of hedges, hedgehogs and foxes and uh, the reality is nature provides all of those things, right? Uh, and uh, th- th- it's a perfect metaphor it for does. business and life, that there is room for everybody with whatever their superpowers are, including those who may say that their superpower is being a jack of all trades, master of none, right? That's There's a place in this world for people with the, that, that skill set. Absolutely. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a great, great take. As you think about your your skill your strength you know seeing reality for what it is and being able to help others connect to that as you think about that uh how has that helped you specifically as you've moved in the direction of uh burn bright it seems to me there's some obvious connection there but how do you think about that yeah that's an interesting question because sometimes i joke that uh that this particular skill of mine can also be a huge liability, right? Because um, there's a famous story about Harry Truman. Uh, President Harry Truman was complaining about the advice he was getting from his economic advisors. He he said to his chief of staff or something, he's like, can you find me a one-armed economist? Because I'm so tired of these guys saying on the one hand, on the other hand, you know, he wanted someone to just tell him what to do. And and uh and i am i am a two-armed economist kind of guy right like that because and and i think one of the best things that i have is in this endeavor is matt gerritsen my partner i mean matt matt is a very successful entrepreneur already um whether we succeed or fail matt is very accomplished and he i think has really helped me understand you know that sometimes you just got to make a decision based on the information that you have available to you and you need to go in that direction and kind of commit and 
and do your best to make that work. And it's not necessarily about optimization, right? Like there's, given the information you have available, there, there may actually be several different ways to go that, that can work. But what, what matters more is what you do once you choose, you know, like I, I think when we talk about strategy, we often emphasize the analysis and, and decision-making part of that, where it's like, yeah, you know, we got A, B, and C, and, and one of those is the best. And and everything hinges on whether or not we get, we're going to make that best choice. And I think there are some there are some cases where that's true, certainly. But I, I think more often, my sense is that what really matters is uh, is what you do after you've made your choice. You know how how you execute uh, is hugely important. And so it's it's been a an amazing learning experience for me. And I know this doesn't exactly answer the the question you asked, but but I, I'm aware of my own limitations here. You know, my, my background is not as an entrepreneur, as an operator. You know, I, I've been in the classic consulting role. Even when I worked for the military, it was really more as a professor and a consultant. You know, I'm, it's beautiful to be a consultant, right? Because you get to make recommendations and not be responsible for the consequences. <laughs> so who doesn't, who doesn't want that, right? That, that's fantastic. Um, but but yeah, I will yeah. say that um, one of the things that I I really believe very strongly is that uh, I think the world is not really perfectible. You know that that progress is something that we talk about progress a lot in our society, and I think we have this view of human history where we often mistake technology and and maybe like healthcare improvements, you know, public health improvements, housing improvements. We, we mistake that for progress, right? But, and there is technological progress, but progress in the human realm is much more challenging. You know, we still have poverty in, in the world. Um, we still have unhappiness in the world. Human beings are funny, right? Because you can improve their physical circumstances tremendously, and yet the rates of happiness might not change. They might, they might change, but they might not, you know, and uh, to some extent, I think human beings are, are beautiful in that regard, because what, what it means is that we are always going to be struggling with certain kinds of social, political, cultural challenges, um, economic challenges. They're, they're going to be there always. And, and human beings are also what Jerry Seinfeld said, uh, people, they're the worst, right? Like we, we create challenges that you might not anticipate. It's hard to engineer out every contingency because people have this interesting habit of revealing vulnerabilities that you didn't even know were there. Um, so this is my long way of saying that that the work that that people do in nonprofits and in small businesses, I think, is is really important. It's powerful. It it, it affects people's lives. It, it improves people's lives. But at the same time there is a constant struggle to do that well. I mean, I, I don't know that we're ever going to crack this area of, of leadership and management in the way that, say, we've figured out how to fly, right? That, you know, you, you, you learn the, the Bernoulli, or I can't remember, the, the airfoil, whichever Italian scientist was associated with that. You know, we, we understand some aerodynamic principle and we start to build aircraft and give them a thrust and all of a sudden we're flying people in giant aluminum tubes at 600 miles an hour, right? I mean, it's amazing and, and it's super safe for the most part. Um, that, that's great. You know, that, that seems like progress, but 
I don't know that we see the same kinds of progress in how organizations run, you know, and and so it is this constant endeavor, I think, to do it well, uh, to improve. And the social environment, I think, creates new challenges. And oftentimes, I think people's response to those new challenges, and I mentioned diversity earlier, you know, uh, it would be entirely possible for someone who's been working in the corporate world for 30 or 40 years to look at the current environment of diversity and inclusion and kind of shrug and say, well, you know, why do we even have to do this? You know, we've been doing it the other way for a long time. It worked well. And my response is, well, I mean, society changes, expectations change, right? It's not like you weren't evil. Like what you were doing before wasn't necessarily evil. It just, it was what you were doing for that time and, and those circumstances. But but now we got we to gotta act differently. And that change, I think, is exciting. I think it's interesting. You know, I, it, it means it's yeah. always changing and you're never going to you're never going to crack the formula. Yeah, that, you're so true. You're so right. Things do change. As you reflect on this, this strength you have for seeing the world and connecting people to it, uh, how would you coach other people to develop that skill, that strength and and help people you know, learn better and, uh, you know, connect to reality? That's a great question. Um, so when I was in graduate school, I had a, an amazing opportunity to get my master's degree at um, Berkeley. And um, I had come from, I would describe a, a pretty, pretty politically conservative background. Um, not, not you know, re- ridic- ridiculous reactionary kind of conservatism, but but I would say a very laissez-faire view of of you know the the role of government. Um, and then I went I went to Berkeley. I got my master's degree in public policy. Out of my class of probably a hundred students, I, I think I was one of like three conservatives in in the class at that time, and I loved it. It was great. They were great people. You know, like. That, that was an amazing opportunity for me. There's nothing like, like listening to people who don't have your perspective to, to help you to learn. You know, I, I just, I learned so much. And one of my professors, uh, a gentleman named Michael Nacht, he was the dean at the time and just a wonderful person. He said to us in, in a class we took, he said, you, you've got to get out and you got to read smart people who are going to challenge your assumptions about the world. Um, and I think that was just some of the best advice I ever got. You know, I, it's so easy to find uh, people that you agree with and it's very comforting to read their stuff, right? Or listen to them if, if you wanna, I mean, obviously there's actually even more opportunities to watch and listen to these people, right? It's not just books. Um, there's other ways to learn and consume information. So one, one piece of advice I would give is, um, like get out there and and start listening to to people you know listen to people who are thoughtful uh especially in areas where you think they may challenge your assumptions you know even if you don't necessarily end up agreeing with them i think your understanding is going to improve because you're going to start to see the limits of your own ideas and your own understanding you might recognize that, oh, you know, this, and, and maybe just to make it much more practical, 
if, if you're a team leader in an organization, you, you may have read something that, that convinced you that there is this one way to manage teams, right? And then you, you've been doing that and you feel really confident in that, but then you, you read something that kind of challenges your ideas about how to manage teams. And maybe it's about, maybe it's something like, how much do you empower team members versus how, how much do you direct them, right? That's a classic tension in team leadership is, is how detailed instructions are you giving people? How close are you, closely are you supervising them? And the reality is that close supervision versus very hands-off, they can both work, right? They, they can both work. It depends on the situation. It depends on the team composition and a lot of other things. But because I think of our natural tendency to want to kind of break things down into a consistent message, a consistent approach, we might not recognize that complexity. And so get out and, and learn things that, that maybe show you that it's a little bit more complicated and challenge your assumptions, I think is, is one piece of advice I, I would give. And the other is, is simple. Um, I think no matter what you believe you know, about the world, whether it's in a very small tactical sense or even in a global sense, like, like very big moral issues and moral questions, you should ask yourself, if there's information that would cause you to change your mind, it's a thought experiment, right? If, if let's say I support the death penalty, just as an example, by the way, I don't, I don't support the death penalty just as a, just to clarify, but, but let's imagine that I, I supported the death penalty. I could ask myself, well, is there, is there information that would cause me to change my view of the death penalty? What, what information would that be? And if you can't identify that information, if you can't think of what would change your mind about it, then what you've done is you've revealed that that area is really a matter of faith for you, right? It's, it's not like that, that is in the realm of faith, not in the realm of, of reason. And faith, I think, is an important part of our lives, but, but it's useful to see that that's what you are doing in those areas, right? That, that you're kind of separated from the reason and evidence side of it in that specific area, right? And for me, just as an illustration, when I was younger, I think I was supportive of the death penalty, but what caused me to change my mind was uh, learning how imperfect the judicial system is. And I found it really disturbing that, um, that we would uh, wrongfully execute someone, right? And, and that the state might might wrongfully use its power to kill in that sense made me feel really uncomfortable with it, right? And it and I changed my mind. You know, that that's how that happened. Yeah. That's a great example. Uh, and I really appreciate you bringing some clarity to that to that point. But that's two great steps, uh, you know, being able to listen and then to identify that that reason uh to help you, you know, uh connect better to reality and learn more. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that, Andrew. It's great. And, and I can see how that would also guide you in constructing Burnbright and making it an effective platform for other people to learn. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. It's really great to have you. Uh, before you go, would you just take a minute and tell everyone how they can connect with you personally, how they can learn more about Burn Bright, maybe take a minute, tell them how they sign up, uh, where on social media they can find you, et cetera, et cetera. Just take a minute. Okay. Or two. Thanks, Devin. Thank, and thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. I really appreciate it. And we're so honored to have you on the platform. We're really excited about that. 
So Burnbright TV, you Thank can you. access it at burnbright.tv. That's B-U-R-N-B-R-I-G-H-T dot TV. Uh, we've got lots of great promotions running through the holidays as well. Um, but but no matter when you sign up, you can get the first month free. Um, and uh, it it is for all our paying subscribers. They, they also get access to the Digital Mentor tool, which we're launching on December 8th, 2021. So I think by the time this airs, that, that'll be out and available, which I'm super excited about that tool. I think uh, it's, I'm just excited to see how people use it and, and how we can make that its own uh, value add over time. You know, what we're really trying to do is, is give people access to some resources that they really wouldn't normally have access to. You know, if you think about executive development and coaching, that's not something that that people in small businesses and nonprofits typically have access to, especially if they're if they're kind of like your mid level or even entry level staff, right? I mean, they're just not going to have those resources. And so, this word is used a lot, but we really are trying to, I think, disrupt that that business a little bit by providing a an economically accessible resource to people in nonprofits and small businesses. And then on um, on Instagram, you, you can find us at, uh, if you just search Burnbright TV, um, we, we're posting pretty regularly pretty regularly there. And if you want to just learn more about Burnbright, uh, our corporate site is burnbright.com. Uh, and that gives you lots of information, including for those in the audience who are interested in learning how to be a content partner. Uh, we uh, That's something we're really looking for right now. I think many people in your audience are probably perfect for it, right? So, so the one thing I would say to your audience is, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to learn more about being a content partner, you can actually just reach me personally uh, at andrew at burnbright.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you and, and learn how we can start working with you. We really want to expand our library by adding insight and perspective from whether you're a practitioner with just awesome experience or an expert from academia, um, we feel like both types have a lot to add. So uh, we're excited to grow. Fantastic. Well, again, Andrew, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. I'm honored to be a part of Team Burnbright and <laughs> And uh, appreciate your including me. Uh, wish you every success in growing the platform to touch more lives and help nonprofit leaders really change the world in the way they've set out to do it. So uh, kudos and good best wishes to you. Thank you, Devin, and have a happy Thanksgiving. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show twice each week. We host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now keep using your superpowers for good. Together we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.